Welcome to Movies Charles Hasn't Seen, Episode 77. My name is Crossman. I'm Wilson. And I'm Charles. And each week, Wilson and I share a classic movie we have seen with Charles that he hasn't seen. This week, we watched the 2004 movie Friday Night Lights. So, Charles, tell us about it. Okay, so this movie is about a small Texas town's high school football team. Uh, and this is deep in football country, so they're all <laughs> way too invested in their local football team. Uh, and so they all place their expectations on this team to go and win the state championship, um, which I guess is like the Super Bowl for high school uh, football in Texas. Um, but things get complicated when they lose their best player to injury in an early game and they have to overcome this uh, adversity over the course of the season since they've built their offense around this one really good player. Uh, and it also tells some of the stories of the different players and of the coach and all that. Um, so they do manage to adjust, they do manage to make it to the playoffs um, on a coin flip because they have a three-way tie and they have a very dramatic coin flip to go through <laughs> yeah. to the playoffs. Wait, that's not really tails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what was that, right? <laughs> um, they make it to the playoffs, they fight all the way through to the finals, uh, and then they lose in the finals. Um, but the real victory was the lessons they learned along the way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but then like there's the reveal at the end that they win the next year, right? right. Like that's the whole. Well, the the, thing. the plot twist is that this is based on a true story. Yeah, because I don't think they announced it at the beginning. Oh, okay. or I missed uh, it. No, they do. Yeah. Okay. Then I, I think it's. Then I looked. I'm pretty away sure they do. When yeah. they said that. But yeah, it's all based on a book specifically. There was a journalist that went down to Odessa, Texas, and yeah. wrote a three three hundred fifty page book about this season. Just followed the team around for the entire nineteen eighty eight season. It was pretty badass to hear that they went undefeated the year after. Yeah. With the, uh, who was portrayed as a shy third string running back leading them to victory in the yeah. next year. Yeah. So that was good for them. But it's the it's the years you lose that are more interesting, I guess. Because, I mean, it's not fun to follow them if they just plow through everybody and win. Yeah, well, and I think we'll get to that. But, um, Crossman, this was your pick. Why, why'd you land on, on Friday Night Lights? Yeah, so, I I mean, it's in a very American movie. Yes, and that yeah. we're the only country that plays football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's an American yeah. story. Even outside of that. I mean, technically, yeah. Canada plays football. That's true. Well, something like football. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, this is, a, this is a great movie. Uh, I think it's fondly remembered. It spawned other media. There's a well-liked show, which mm -hmm. I haven't seen, yeah, I, uh, I, nor have I read the book. You're a fan of the show, though, I've, right? It, it's probably a top ten all-time show for me. Maybe top nice. five. I love Friday Night Lights. So it was really strange to watch the movie now, like, after having seen the show. Um, but we can talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd love to get into that. Um, I, I mean, it's a well-acted movie. It's very intense mm -hmm. uh, emotionally. Um, there's a number of, like, gut-punch moments in this mm -hmm. film. Um, it's beautifully shot. It's yeah. This is, this is a really good movie. It's very compelling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's a solid movie. I, I like it a lot. Um, I think it, it's very good. Uh, what do you think of it, Charles? Yeah, I'm a sucker for sports dramas like this. I okay, it's, it's very easy to tell a very like dramatic and like pulse pounding, edgier seat story through sports because there's so many of these moments in sports, so many of these stories in sports, and I just get pulled right into that kind of thing. And you know, this was this was great. I got drawn right into the story. I cared about the characters for the most part. Um, yeah, very yeah, entertaining. It's interesting as a sports movie because it actually seems to be like quite anti-football. Yeah, specifically yeah. high school football. Like it's it's not friendly to this culture. No, yeah, not at true. all. Like yeah. it seems to highlight the 
white supremacy of Texas and yes. in this area of Texas, the problematic nature of football uh, and its relationship to like child abuse and alcoholism and poverty and, and yeah. Yeah, yeah and the sort of like destruction of this area of, of Texas. Yeah, well, and, and how all these things are like tied together. It's yeah. really complex in its politics. Yeah, well, and how much um, it just consumes the culture of this town, such that there isn't space for anything else, right? It's only football, and everything else gets crowded out, such that the most important thing that anybody can do in their life is win a football championship right. when they're 17 years old. And if you don't do that, you're fucked. Yeah, didn't, didn't the father say this is like the only year of your life where anything that matters. matters or something like that? Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> yeah, like what an like yeah. insane thing to say. It's it's not explicit, but it seems to be pretty, like it has undertones of like anti-capitalist Here and there. stuff there. Because there's like, there's clearly no economy for these people to fit into such that football is the only good thing in their lives. And the whole society you know drives all of their meaning around around football yeah like that and and th that they have you know talk shows daily talk shows about high school football where they're interviewing specific teenagers about how the yeah. game is going like they're this they're, was so alien to me because like yeah. my high school had a team but i don't think i ever went to a single game yeah we, we yeah just didn't really my care. high school had a team they were terrible and yeah People went. I went to a few games, but they were bad, and I had no concept of like <laughs> how football worked anyway. So. Yeah, but I mean, my yeah. I remember my every high school in America has a football team, right? Or nearly every high school, and especially in a small town. And I'm from a small town. We had a football team, and they were also terrible. <laughs> and but I remember going to a couple games, and all they would do every play is just like run it right up the middle. <laughs> <laughs> and like for like a two-yard gain, and that was it. Yeah, and I was like, "How oh, is this a plan? <laughs> like, where's are they this just going? like too awful to pass?" Ever? That was my theory uh, that they just didn't have anyone that could throw. Literally, no one that could throw a football. So I, I yeah, don't know. we we actually were similar in strategy to the team in this movie, and <laughs> okay. there was one very good player on the team, and, and, and the whole game was like get the ball to that person. Right. And, and it's usually a pretty good strategy because if you do have one guy that's like actually good, yeah, like they're gonna the carry. they're gonna crush everyone. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. hear stories about that like with current NFL players when they were in the yeah in high guy. school. Yeah, like the, my favorite one. I think that's a story pretty much of all pro athletes Probably. in that they were just the best athlete in their school. Yeah. so they like that's how you get noticed. Carried whatever team they were. Yeah, yeah. The only exception yeah. is probably basketball, where the good players just like go to specific basketball schools and like everybody's really good and. You know, then it's less of that. But like, are there basketball high schools? Yeah, like there, there's like academies for okay. basketball, and yeah, know. there's one in there's one in Maine. Yeah, the, a lot yeah. of them in Seattle. Seattle is a big town for those. That's ironic. It is. <laughs> so like, that's part of the tragedy, like why the SuperSonics left. <laughs> um, but my favorite story about high school, a specific high school football player, is that they, when Darren Sproles was playing high school football, his they changed the rules such that teams weren't allowed to run sweeps anymore because every time they ran a sweep for Darren Sproles, he scored a touchdown. <laughs> Literally every time. Oh, he was man. just that much that's, faster than everybody great. else. And that's what it's like. I mean, And that's the impression you get with this Booby Miles character, which is their star running back that gets injured uh, early in the, the uh, movie, early in the season, uh, that he is just this dominant player that's way, way better than everybody else and yeah. is very aware of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So... Um, this movie stars really Billy Bob Thornton is yes. the star here, and he's uh, perfect because he's like a good old boy 
and yeah. I don't think he has to. He 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 can like turn his accent back on, which I think <laughs> yes. is rare for an actor. <laughs> right. <laughs> and yeah, he's great in this film. Yeah, uh, there's he, there's a complexity to this character that's really interesting. That he's like abusive to these players, mm-hmm. but also like a father figure to most of them. Um, yeah, he really goes back and forth between drill instructor and dad. Yes. He's also very much a politician in that, like, he supports all of his players, but he's, like, comfortable around w- the white supremacy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, well, yeah. and he knows who, you know, he knows who his meal ticket is, right? Like, because you, you have yeah. that moment early in the film where he's, like, having dinner with the star running back. And, like, he's not doing that with every kid. Like, he doesn't yeah. have them all over to his house. <laughs> like, he, yeah. he knows, like, what side his bread is buttered on. But you, you also get this sense from the character, I think, where he's kind of removed from the politics of it. Right? He like has to be, right? He, right, like where he's, he's not embroiled in the, you know, win-at-all-costs kind of mentality because um, he knows that he might need to move and find another town, you know, <laughs> next season. Yeah, he's it, interesting in that he's, like, kind of a neutral body within this society that, like, the highest stakes for the town are something that he has to not have stakes in. Right, but it's yeah. also he has the highest stakes of all because if it doesn't work out, he gets fired and he has to go somewhere else. Yeah. And, like, so it's this really bizarre balance for this guy that he has to even out. And he did, and Billy Bob Thornton plays it with this placidity that I think serves the character well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it works. Yeah, it works. You haven't seen Sling, Sling Blade, right, Charles? What is that? Sling, Sling Blade. It's Sling. the movie that, like, really put... Billy Bob Thornton on the map. I think he won a Best Actor he did. Academy okay. Award for it. I don't think I've heard of it. Okay. It's pretty fucked up, too. But there, <laughs> um, there's surprising similarities between that movie and, and this movie. Um, yeah, we don't need to get too deep into because it will leave Charles out of the conversation. But, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like I've only seen Billy Bob yeah. Thornton play like the drunkard, deadbeat character because I saw... like. I think it was the Bad Santa movie that he that, was in. That was the one, yeah. yeah. That left an impression. He does have comedy jobs. He definitely yeah. does. I don't well, remember what else I've seen him in. He was the villain in the first season of Fargo, based on the movie Fargo, and was excellent. He was uh-huh. very, very good in that. Yeah, yeah um, he was very scary. Yeah, that show's just great in general, but he was particularly yeah. good. Um, so yeah, he gets around. He and, is, all right. Yeah. yeah. This was my first time seeing him as a normal person, I guess, so it was a little surprising. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, the, the book... I, I'm, so I, I don't know the book at all, but it does seem like it's written by a journalist because the the natural instinct for a movie like this is you focus on like the whole team and there's like 30 different characters and there's like a story between all of them and that's not what this movie does. And rewatching this movie, it, it like really highlighted to me that there's only like four or five characters in if this story. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of like people in this film. You gotta pick who to focus on in a movie, so mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, and I, but I think that's like very masterfully done, that like yeah. the story is really only between these like four or five people and everything else is just kind of like background texture. Yeah, I mean, I have yeah. read the book and it that is reflected in the book as well, because it was written by a journalist. And he, it made his career. Obviously. Yeah, you got to find your characters, right? Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and he did um, find stories. your drama. And so, really, like the the characters here are the coach, uh, the Bowie Miles character, the quarterback, um, Mitchell, I think his name is, and then the I, I think he's a full. They never actually state, but I think he's a fullback. Is the guy that has fumble problems mm-hmm. and the drunk dad. Yes. Um, and 
then you have like the third string running back who loses his helmet, who's yeah. a, more of a supporting character. And then there's the, the one, the quiet dude, the, the one the defensive really big... player too. Right. Who, yeah. Uh, yeah. Who but was. he's like kind of a secondary character, but he is like one of the main yes. characters. He's in here. their friend group. Yes. Yes. Um, the quarterbacks played by the star of Tokyo Drift. Yeah, oh, yeah. that was very distracting because <laughs> that's the only thing I'd seen him in. Which is funny because in Tokyo Drift, he like keeps his Texan accent. Yeah, oh, he's in Tokyo. Yeah. yeah, well, he he's a uh, exchange student. Essentially. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or he, sure. he's like an army brat. Like I haven't seen Tokyo Drift. Well, so the story is, <laughs> he like he has like school trouble in the U.S., so they send him to live with his father, who's like an army guy in, in in Japan. Okay. And then so he like goes to a Japanese high school and he learns how to drive and drift. And, Got it. Yeah, uh, he gets into the racing culture in in Tokyo. Okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I don't think I've seen him in anything other than this movie. Uh, so I had no point of reference for this guy. I don't know what else he's I've just seen him in these two. Yeah, I don't yeah, know what else he he's done. After that. He's very mopey in this movie. It yes. seems to be his character is just kind of be like quiet and mopey and like not he really. He a little like Eli Manning. Yeah, he does actually. <laughs> got, some, got some Manning face in yeah. there. He, like, yep. he definitely doesn't want the fame. Like he contrasts well with the star of the team because he doesn't like want to be famous. Right, and he's more of a serious personality. So it was, yeah. it was fun. The the scene where Booby's trying to get him to smile was really funny. Yeah, that yeah. one did work pretty well. Well, and you get that moment when the the whatever Division two school it is that's pitching to him. And the recruiter says, like, do you like football? Do you love the game? And he, like, doesn't really give a straight answer. And then his aunt or grandma, whoever it is that's raising him, because I don't think it's his mom, right? Or is it? Unclear. Unclear. I, I think, no, I think it is his mom. Because okay. there's a moment in the film where he has a, a talk with someone that we assume is, like, a sibling. Okay. And he's like, mom is sick right. and, like, not doing well. Okay. Yeah. See, this is a point where, like, yeah. my having watched the show is confusing me because the equivalent of that character in the show is raised by his grandmother. And oh, so, like, yeah. there's, like, things that are close but different <laughs> between the these two stories. The bizarre Friday Night Yeah, and, and it, it Is the show based on a true story? It's based on this story. Um, but they okay. move it to modern day. Um, and they change important things. So, like the in, the major injury that happens at the beginning of the show is to a quarterback. Gotcha. Mm. And then, or like a second string comes in. The second string, who is the guy that's raised by his grandmother, and then the, they still have the star running back character, but he doesn't get injured gotcha. and just plays out the season. I guess they had to like do the switch on you because if you've seen the movie, right? You, then you, yeah. Like, well, I mean, the the injury to the quarterback happens in the first like fifteen minutes of the first episode, so okay. it's not like. A, Spoiler or anything, yeah. but um, yeah, there's like little differences throughout. So I was like, wait a minute, oh yeah, this is from the show, that's from the movie. <laughs> you you got to keep them you straight, have to keep yeah. it all straight. Got to keep it separated. Um, but here, I, I like that moment where he he may not be as committed as everyone assumes QB one of this great high school football team would be to the actual game of football, right? Like yeah. he's maybe not all in, um, and. I, I find that compelling, right? Like, how does this guy fit into this space where everything is about football? He right. is in the culture and can't be in it any more than he is as the most important player on the team, but maybe isn't that committed to the game in general. You just kind of pulled along by expectations. Right, right. And I think that that's a very teenage experience. Yeah. Um, and it feels authentic here, right? Yeah, I, I played sports a lot in high school. I wasn't good or a star, but... Didn't you play track when you were a runner? Yeah, I was a runner, yeah. and... I skied. Um, Is play track the right term? That feels wrong. No. Run track? Run, Run track, okay. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it had a lot of meaning for me in middle school and high school. And then as soon as I got to college, I was like, I 
I don't. I tried to run in college and was way worse than everybody else. <laughs> and I, I, but I don't think that was why I stopped. I think I stopped because I was just like, I don't know why I'm doing this anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it doesn't have meaning for me anymore. Right, and there, yeah. there has to be some sort of very authentic love for the game itself, as opposed to like what is the game getting for me. Yeah, that I think moves you to keep playing after a certain point. Mm -hmm. And I think you see that in this character. I, and I think sports are tough because like you like you want to win, and if you're just not good, then you're not going to stick with it. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, so, and I think that because yeah. I played music in high school and college and a little bit after college. And that's different, right? Because music, like, there's competitiveness in the sense that, like, there's only so many music gigs out there. But if you just want to play, like, it's a collaborative thing. And it's something that you really can do your entire life. Yeah. And for sports, it's not the case. Like, eventually you just get too old. And eventually yeah. you get too bad. I think that's it. the, like, the yeah. jogging of, of, of music, where, like, right. you, can, you can just go out for a ride <laughs> right. if, you, right. if you need to, like... Keep right, that in your life. Compete with yourself, I guess. Is, yeah. There, there's a thing to it. Yeah. Um, the, and the people who do it as adults are just like, you're nuts. Because, like, you got to get up at five. Like, you can't. Like, you, like, your whole life is, like, oriented around continuing to do sports. Yeah. And for the people that yeah. do it and are into it, seem to really love it. And, you know, I don't want to knock them for it, I guess. Like, if that's what yeah. literally gets you up in the morning. Wouldn't music yeah. be similar to, like, intramural sports? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but I mean, the, I think the appeal of playing music as opposed to sports is that you really don't age out of it, yeah. right? Like you can you can still pick up your guitar when you're 60 years old or 70 years old, and play. Where you you can't really you can't really play basketball yeah. <laughs> anymore the, after that. There is like an addictiveness to the competition of sports, though, where like even like as an athlete, and then you go on to like play quote unquote like fun sports later. <laughs> It's hard to turn off, like, not wanting to win. Like, just yeah. doing it for fun is really hard to turn off. And yeah. I have the same thing with, like, games that I play where it's, like, just playing for fun is, like, really <laughs> not enough. Well, like, what fun is there about winning, right? Playing yeah, for fun exactly. is playing to win <laughs> for people like us. Exactly. And so it's, it's hard to identify with people who, like, are just in it to, like, for fun. Yeah, I think yeah. It's, it's started to make more sense to me as I've gotten older and just have had, I guess, less time to commit to competitive anything. Yeah. And th that just like the appeal, of, the appeal of doing the things you actually like just for the sake of doing them has made more sense. Um, but also, yes, I, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just a personality type, really. You're, you're absolutely right, yeah. In part, at least. Yeah, yeah I think that's true. Um, so returning to the movie, um, I was watching, well, watching it this time, I was trying to think of like how much football you need to be aware of to appreciate this movie. And I think it's at least some. Like I don't I don't know if you can come into this cold with like no knowledge of how football functions the, and get it. The plays in the movie like generally make sense. Although like, they're, within the context of the game. Okay. Yeah. So there are at least two moments, like football moments that made zero sense to me. And maybe I, I might know one of them. Okay, well go ahead. What's the so one? So in the final game. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. The the scoring plays are a touchback, uh -huh. a touchdown, and a, a safety, right? and a safety, right? Or a they go for two. Yeah, they try to run it in, right? Yeah, I'm I'm not a football person, <laughs> but I believe that should be a ten point so score, I, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, they could have. That was not what I was thinking of, but yes, oh, you're okay. correct. Because then after all the, that sequence of plays, they flash the scoreboard, and there are clearly nine points. I on thought the it said ten. 
I, I, I don't remember for sure, but I thought it was Yeah. Good. Okay, so <laughs> you very well may be right. And like, that like really stuck out to me. I was like, I don't know football at all. If this sticks out to me. Then, yeah. uh, so yeah. the one that stuck out to me is at the very end of the finals, yeah. the, the Permian team, the Odessa team, is down by six, right? The uh, Dallas, who they're playing in the finals, has a fourth and short, and they are going to run the ball, right? They run, they get stuffed in the backfield for a loss of it looks like about five. They don't yeah. say either way. Odessa gets the ball back, and the announcer says they have 90 seconds to go 70 yards, which means that they're on their own 30-yard line. What yeah, coach, wait a second. <laughs> yes. What <laughs> coach in the world, when down by six points with 90 seconds left, goes for it on fourth down when they're on their opponent's 25, rather than attempting the field goal, going up by two scores with no timeouts left and I will think, be under a minute yeah, at that point? They did say that that team never kicks field goals or goes for one on touchdowns. Maybe they have a bad kicker. That's the only explanation. Or they're just so cocky that they've gotten to the point where their kicker has like atrophied their leg or something. Right, like that, that's the only explanation. That their kicker is is awful because that's a chip shot, right? And even if we're like being as generous as we can with where the ball is placed, like it is a high school game too. I guess. And you don't always have these special teams players that are good. Well, they're gonna right? have a kicker, right? Like there's gonna be one on the roster. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, so that really stuck out to me. It's like you hit that field goal and the game is over, and there's absolutely no way for the other team to come back. So that one yeah. stuck out to me. The other one was uh, earlier in the movie when uh, the running back who tore his ACL is brought back into the game. Um, and he, the, it, it appears as though the coach brings, decides to bring him back on the day of the game, like right before the game, on the word of the player and the player's dad, with no drills, no, yeah, cutting, know, right? no, no cutting, no game plan. Like he wasn't around to like prepare him for, to he be in this like game. Practice. And just sticks him in the game yeah. with what very well may be a torn ACL. Like no, and he clearly doesn't believe them. Right, like, it, it's you grossly see him, like, questioning. Yeah, at know. least have him run around one of those like football dummies. And that's all it would take. And this guy clearly can't cut because the first time he tries to make a cut on that knee, he literally collapses on the field and is carted off. Yeah, and like no coach in the world. Would would allow that to happen? I, I think or it's just like a, it should have been dramatized. A movie. Yeah, it should or it should have been dramatized. It's a shortcut for the way. movie. Yeah. yeah, like to show that oh, I made a huge mistake. There's no way I should have let him in. Or like he does something to explain. Well, that. that that highlighted a few things for me in the movie. So first of all, that like basically the entire movie is just like a documentary about child abuse. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and the the movie like definitely doesn't pull any punches on like. Showing how damaged the players get. Yeah, My, Miles, the player that like tears his ACL, is the like obvious part of this. But they show a lot of other injuries in this film, and like pretty no, that dramatic. That dude had ones. his finger messed up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah someone it. had a dislocated finger. Yeah, there's a lot of blood. Um, a a dislocated blood. shoulder, a yeah. lot of blood. Yeah, yeah, that scene where they pop his shoulder back in is pretty brutal. Is, yeah, and they put him right back in the game. That's gruesome. Yeah. yeah, and like the pros will do that, but that's pros, and that's with like modern medical technology. Yeah. yeah, but you wonder like how much of this is like, yeah, like they'll do this to these high school students because like again, this is the only sort of meaning that they garner out of right. Like, and all the they, adults have bought into it because they're all alumni and yeah, they're part of that culture. Yeah, they never left culture. Texas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and part of the culture of football is clearly like it's okay to it's honorable to be injured and so it's right. just, well, like, and it's just it. like our military then. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, totally. it, and there is a militarism to it. Well, there's a yeah. there's a militarism built into football, right? Yes. Like it's about there's also it's 
constant war metaphors, right? Like yes. ground attack, air assault, right? It's all about gaining land, right? <laughs> like acquiring your opponent's territory and dominate. Like it's it's full of these war metaphors. It seems to be vaguely inspired by like trench warfare. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they talk about that in the trenches, right? Like the running yeah. game happens in the trenches, which is where the line is. Oh, you got the two lines pushing against each other. Exactly. It's just like trenches facing. Yeah, so up. it's a very natural metaphor. Yeah. And it's one. it's here like in the document. It's not just like a metaphor. Like we see these players get traumatically injured, and the the movie actually like amps up the violence because like the sound effects of the players getting hit is always like yeah. you hear this like car crash level of <laughs> yeah. hit mm -hmm. between the players, and even for like non injury plays, <laughs> yeah, which is like thirty percent of the plays <laughs> in this movie. Uh, the hits against like the players hitting each other is like incredibly violent and yeah. really amped up by the. Yeah, like, I don't know how the quarterback the keeps getting up and continue playing. Like he's hooking yeah. nasty hits all the time. Right. Well, yeah. they really focus on that. Like that he is clearly concussed <laughs> at some point in there. And yeah, one of the players goes to like the wrong field yeah. line. Right. Well, like, he yeah like he concussed. runs towards the cheerleaders yeah. of the opposing team and they like shove him back. Yeah. And yeah, it's probably because he's he has a concussion and doesn't know where he is, and literally. Um, so yeah, in that sense, this movie is, is prescient. Uh, it, it yeah, it's a little ahead of its time. It's not focused yeah. on. There's only like one concussion in the film, but right. But yeah. in, it, just in that, it's, it's focused on injuries at all. Yes. Right. It, yeah. it, there are many other football movies where that yeah. is just portrayed as like a straight honorable thing, where you are playing through your your injury for the team. Yeah, I was confusing this movie with. Um, is it Varsity Blues? Varsity Blues. Where that's like a major plot line I of Varsity think Blues, so. where there's like one D back character, or he's like a line lineman of some mm -hmm. kind, and he has like a million concussions. <laughs> oh man! Um, <laughs> and I was like confusing the two because these those movies came out around the same time. Yeah, well, Varsity they're, Blues is like the played straight version of, yes. of this movie, right? Yeah. It's like what you would expect if you hear Hollywood football, high school football Yeah, movie. whereas like, this movie's like like an anti-football movie. Varsity yeah. Blues like does get into the injury aspect of football, but it also seems to be like okay with right. football. Well, it, it's yeah. injury as a way to prove yourself. Yes, as yeah, a, yeah, as that's, to, that's the flip. Yeah, yeah, as opposed to injury as a consequence of other people's bad behavior, which is what happens here. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, and I think that that is an important distinction. Yeah. Uh, and I think that they actually, you had mentioned the ending, and I think the ending is super, super important um, in this movie. Uh, so this is actually like a weirdly important movie for me personally in terms of my understanding of film. Um, so hmm. as I saw, the first time I saw this was basically when it came out. I, I rented it. Um, I didn't see it in theaters, but I was like totally blown away by the, um, the subtitle at the end that said that they won the next year. And like it totally, it, at, at that moment, it like clicked for me that film is just all about making choices. And like, because they could have easily just made a movie about that next year, and like had it be this big victory show, and like that's a totally different movie. And like changing that one thing, or it's like a two-part movie, right? Yeah. Where you have the tough season right. and, and, and then and the then, comeback season, right? Which yeah. they do in the show. Yeah. Um, and that they made the choice they did was like so much about cinema just like clicked into place for me at that moment. I was like, oh, okay, now I'm, I like much more clearly understand like the choices that movies can make and have made. Yeah. Um, so I think that that is, is very critical to the film. That all those readouts at the end, that they're not about football accolades. It's just like this guy sells insurance and this guy's an attorney and this guy does whatever. And that they could have easily just like bumped it up a year and said, okay, they, they won. And th I think that's really interesting and, and compelling. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. I think I, I like this movie a lot as a sports movie. I think mm -hmm. it's a great sports movie, actually. Yeah. Um, 
for, for all those reasons. I was um, a little sad to see that none of them managed to leave Texas. I mean, maybe they don't want to, but like... Well, one of them went to Harvard for a while. Right, I, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. He went to Harvard to become a lawyer, and he still ends up back in Texas to, to perform law. Yeah, most people don't leave their home state. Like, the, yeah. the overwhelming, especially in the 80s. Like, people do it now, more now, but still, the overwhelming majority of people born in the United States basically stay where they were born. Probably stay within their hometown, too. A lot of them. Or, do. like, within a certain mile of their hometown. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And like, you hear those statistics about the people that, like, never get more than 100 miles away from the place they were born and stuff like yeah. that. And, like, that's horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Charles, have you seen Varsity Blues? I have not. Okay. Um, no surprise. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, I think uh, the, the other thing that was like quietly in the background of this movie is you see the pump jacks, which are like the, mm -hmm. the oil extraction um, things, and they're just in the background. And they're, they're quite beautiful in this like desolate land, and then you see this weird like industrial pump, just, and you see a few of them, and that's like, you know, that's oil country. And it, it definitely makes you think about like how poorer this town is, right? Because they have the resources, right? There's oil in the ground, mm -hmm. and there's no benefit being given to this town from the resources. Or, or so to, there's, to, like, there, there's like a vampire that's like sort of sucking vampire. this town <laughs> yes. dry, really. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, I mean, it's benefiting very few people, right? Because you, yeah. you do have a few sequences where the coach is like, having dinner with the upper crust, crust folks, right? Yeah. The, the, the boosters, the people that evidently have money. But then many, many more sequences where you have like... Who are like, racists. Yes, too. yes. Yeah. Not, not in a subtle way either. That guy just like nope. dropped the N-word. The woman does. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, like one of the wives, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You saw Billy Bob's face kind of twitch a little bit he, when she said it. Right. But he doesn't, he doesn't thing, leave or do anything. Say what can you do, right? I mean, you're in the house of like the richest person in Saudi Arabia. You can say, don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Um, so I think that that speaks I mean, the, to... The clan is well integrated in West Texas, so... Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. No kidding. Um, yeah. So I think that you have that contrasted, obviously, with like the single-parent alcoholic household where he beats up his son now and then, right? And that is an important contrast as well. That, that kind of bothered me, because at the end of the film, the title for that character is that he has like a positive relationship with his yeah. father. And they, they redeem the father kind of for no reason, really. Like... That was uh, a, the, yeah. there's a lot of problems at the end of this movie, but that is that one I think one was the worst for. Well, if that's the me. true yeah. story, then R maybe he did improve his condition. Right, but did he improve it? But the the movie is making a choice about how they portray the the conclusion of that relationship, right? Yeah. So the way the movie pitches it is he played well enough in the final game. Now his father he has earned his father's love, and that's okay, and that's how it should be, and that's a good thing. Yeah, and that's kind of the like. There's switch no moment in the relationship. Yeah, I, they I kinda, drew show earlier, like he <coughs> finds his ring that he's like taught. His father, like in a drunken stupor, like tosses his ring out of the car, moving car, and then his, his son like goes and finds it. That's right. like very intense. But it's like, still, that's that's the son yeah. doing something for the dad when yes. the dad has been the bad actor in the entire well, relationship. Well, like yeah. I think what is portrayed as the turn is the day after that event, and the father seems pretty remorseful about what he did. And they have a kind of like but he recovery has to, moment. The, the son has to earn that remorse by playing football well. I think that was before he went back and played more football, though. Okay. I think it was I, just like literally the morning spot. after. Okay. But, okay. The, the father like does kind of 
He doesn't apologize, but he like yeah, he has a they, bad they apology. Like a, yeah. right? He has a moment where he has a bad apology, and yeah. that's the moment when he leaves the ring because he shows up. He's like, oh, I didn't mean half the stuff that I said that night, and then he like starts to give him more reasons why he actually did mean that stuff. Yeah. And to, to me, the film was like trying to say it like he's an alcoholic, so he's like not. He doesn't have like the control of his faculties. So yeah. And and then they they have this like moment at the end of the game <laughs> where. They hug and like they're actually a family at that point. Yeah, but out in the field. It didn't, to me, I, d I didn't find that the father character had done anything to like redeem himself. Mm -hmm. Right. And then the film was like, oh, and they have a good relationship now. Yeah. Well, and, and the film doesn't say like <coughs> why. Like, did he sober up? Did he stop being a child abuser? Yeah. Like, it's, and it's, not, it's and totally a not creepy kind of race, uh, rapist early in the film. He like is watching he's like that hitting girl on a high school who's, who's girl. sixteen or seventeen years old. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a problem. The other problem I had t with that sequence is that the only other team that gets really any characteristics other than rival is the team they play in the finals, and the characteristics that that team gets are black, yes. bigger than everybody else, and dirty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Like that is that is what that team is pitched as. And that's racist. That's really racist, right? Like, there's no other term for what that is. And that's the text of the. That's that's a choice the movie's making. That's not just portrayal here. And that I noticed very clearly on this watch. And that was a that was a damn shame because it kind of yeah, that that seemed weird. To it me. was really unsettling and really obvious. And I don't know why the movie Which is made weird because it does handle some other things well. Yeah, like. When you see the coaches meeting, the like the tension, the underlying tension is that they're the, the town that they're in is really racist, mm -hmm. and the the other team's coaches are like calling that out, and so the film is like doing a good job of showing that like well, yeah, but the, even in that yeah. scene, you have the Billy Bob Thorne character as the voice of reason. He's like, oh, yeah. let's do a neutral side, and aren't all the refs black and white because they yeah, have you're stripes? right. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. really <laughs> cheesy. Yeah. yeah, and so like you even there you have like oh these. These black coaches are going too far and overreacting it to the racism. It seemed more like a yeah, like, you need, right, this, you need right. this white guy to come in and like be normal for them. Yes, and it like, seemed more like a they're just like too suspicious and yes. they're just making race an issue for no reason sort of scene. Yes, which is yeah. which was, was a really giving the movie props for at least acknowledging it. <laughs> yeah, most films yeah. like do not. Yeah, which is yeah. true, but they yeah. I don't think it handled it well. No, I, I don't think so either. Which um, is a bummer. It was super messed yeah. up that they had like the black ref make like a dubious call in the end. Yes, because yeah. the ball bounced and he called it a completion. Yeah. Um, so even in 1988, they didn't understand the catch rule. Apparently. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, that I think, and they kept coming back to it, right? Like there's a lot of dirty hits at the end there. There's bad, multiple bad calls in favor of the Dallas team. And there were any flags being thrown. The, the portrayal except for one time. Yeah, yeah. The portrayal of the cheerleaders is kind of yeah. scummy too. Yeah, yeah, but they're like the the racy, slutty cheerleaders, and yeah. not the nice white girl cheerleaders yeah. that barely show up anyway. And that, it just felt like one really kind of shitty choice after another throughout that. And it, it kind of soured the end of this, this movie for me, um, which, which was a bummer, um, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, um, forgot how, like, perfect the soundtrack is to this movie. So, so, so if you were to... so good. If, if I were to say that, like, oh, you know that football movie with the shoegaze rock soundtrack, <laughs> you know, that doesn't make any sense together. 
Actually, it's perfect, perfect. and beautiful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember what the soundtrack sounds like. I gotta, it's, it's mostly explosions in the sky. Yeah, is which, which is a... I was reading their Wikipedia page. They call, they're called a post-rock band, which that means nothing to me. Yes. Uh, <laughs> means they they sound rock. like a shoegaze rock yeah. band, where it's kind of like this like dreamy, like very effects-heavy rock. Yeah, uh, post-rock um, means that they're a rock band after Nirvana. <laughs> yeah, that means. I mean, that's true of all rock <laughs> well, that, bands. Exactly. So, uh, so, <laughs> so that so dude almost right? famous yeah. said yeah. rock died, right? So everything after that's post-rock. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, that was the, my first note, actually, in my notebook. It was a great soundtrack, because they still open with, it's with that. It's perfect. And they have these, like, beautiful shots of the scenery in Texas mm -hmm. and this, like, shoegazy rock. And then they, they, get, they switch a little... In the games, but they still like use the music really, really well. Yeah, th that's uh, one of the things they really pretty much lifted wholesale for the show is the soundtrack, um, and that like, and it's specifically how the soundtrack is used, probably even more so, because um, there's some there's some moments in this soundtrack where there's they're like it's kind of more of a straight like butt rock song yeah. that they just put over a practice or whatever, and the, the show drops that. It's pretty much all just this shoegazy soundtrack, mm. and it's pretty cool. That's when it works really well. Yeah, because yeah. when they are not using the soundtrack while well, it, it stands out. Yeah. They don't do, like, luckily, they don't do, like, a a queen moment. <laughs> oh, where God. It's, yeah. Yes. <laughs> unfortunately for queen, they've, like, become associated <laughs> with, like, sports uh, in, in a way that, like, doesn't accentuate their music well, but... No. Um, so they don't do that, but they do do like you're right. They do like a crappy like modern rock song yeah. during the final game or something. Yeah, and and the, I remember like the season, the series finale of the show Friday Night Lights. They're playing in the championship game, and all dialogue drops out. Most of the sound effects drop out, and it's just like the, one of these really long slow build explosion in the sky songs throughout the entire like last sequence of the game, and it's beautiful and it works really really well. And I think that as that show went on, and as this, as they learned from the movie here, that that's really a strength of the show. That that has branded what what this show is, and has it's it's a very rock. stylized movie. Mm -hmm. Like the choice of music, the way it's shot with like a lot of like filters, like kind of tinting the colors yellow and mm -hmm. yeah. Well, it does that, and it's shot yeah. handheld. There's a lot of these yeah. like shaky cam kind of things. It looks like you're just kind of peering in through the window at this conversation. Yeah, it, or it, like you're a player in practice or something. Right, like, like so there's a documentary feel to the way this, this film and, looks. A lot of like quiet moments too where the like when the players arrive for the first time at the stadium mm -hmm. in the movie and it's just like there's like there's a natural soundtrack as someone's like listening to music but you just see the players like arrive and they yeah, it is. It's it's very well shot. Yeah, yeah. It's and a. It's uh, directed by uh, Peter Berg, Berg. Yeah, who's the same guy that did the show, and then later on, this is us, and he's done a lot of TV work. Yeah. Um, and I think that he, you can see him starting. Did to he get me too? Okay, I hope not. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have to look it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I don't know. But um, at this point, the safe answer is yes. Yeah, yeah. Probably, or it will be. Um, but he. We uh, don't know that for sure. <laughs> no, <laughs> we're not checking that. Uh, you know, we, we have the scoop here. On yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna, we did not say that. We we're just asking the question. Just outing him. Um, but you can see him developing that style here, and I think that he perfects it in the TV show, and then later on in This Is Us. Um, and yeah, it just it just works. It's just one of those I, things. I did find works. that it got a little too wobbly at points, yes, so it where it felt did. distracting or annoying or a little nauseating. That was kind of that era, though, where 
that was like really popular to shoot that way because the born yeah. identity had like come out relatively around then right, right yeah. around then I think just a couple years earlier and it, it it, in a way, it kind of makes more sense here than it does in the Warren movies, right? Because here you have yeah. this you have this sense of yourself as a visitor, right? Like yeah. that you are peering into this this foreign space, right? And like learning about it and exploring it and meeting these people. It makes um, the movie more immersive, right? Exactly, as opposed to in an action movie where it just makes things confusing and yeah. <laughs> and difficult to understand. Um, so at least it has like some kind of cinematic intent yeah. that 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 I like. Um, one of the things that I was disappointed with uh, here was the gross underuse of Connie Britton. Uh, she's one of, one of the one of two actors that is ported from the movie into the TV show, and she reprises her role as the wife. Oh, just confirming, Peter Berg, not me too. Oh, okay, good. That's, <laughs> that's a really he did make the Patriots Day movie. He's made all those movies with oh. Mark Wahlberg that are like. What, like the oil well one? No, Patriots Day is the like Boston bombing one. Yeah. Right, but Mark Wahlberg also had the oil. He did. Yeah, uh, in the, his um, series of like American. Very recent events. American American recent events, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, which is such a weird idea. Apparently they're teaming up also for a uh, Netflix movie, P. Berg and Wahlberg. Okay, sure. Whatever that'll yeah. be. Sorry, I, I cut you. That, that's you all right. Off. I was just saying that this movie had Connie Britton in it and like did basically nothing with her, and that's a damn shame because she's a great actor. Who was she? Uh, the, wife. the wife of the coach. Of the coach. Okay. She has like five. In the scenes lines. that she's in, she's great. Yeah. I, yeah. I barely yeah. remember. Her okay. So she's yeah, barely there. She's a major, major character in the TV show. Okay. And they they draw her out a lot more, and the show really centers around that that marriage. Then uh, that's the driving relationship in the in the arc of the show, or at least the core relationship. Um, and they just like do nothing here with her, and it's like, man. Yeah, but there's already a lot in this movie. I guess yeah. I can't blame them. Right. Well, I, I would have liked to have found space for a female character. True. Right. Not I mean, and I know it's a football so, movie, but so he still. did direct all the Wahlberg movies: <laughs> Patriots Day, Deepwater Horizon. Um, Deep. That's what it's called. Lone, yeah. Lone Survivor. Oh yeah. God. That's weird because I mean those movies all read as very conservative, right? And I don't necessarily see that in his movie, in this movie, or in the show. Um, so I, I don't know, he's just buddies with Wahlberg. Someone probably just like said, here's a bunch of money to make these dumb movies. Yeah, I mean, yeah. those movies make money. He does do a lot of like kind of true, true, quote unquote, true stories. Like he did mm -hmm. Fire in the Sky back in the 90s and um, you know, these movies with Mark Wahlberg, so. Yeah, well, and he's done a lot of TV work. Like he is, he has a lot of directing credits for like individual episodes of various shows. Yeah, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah, he did the Leftovers, Ballers. Ballers, um. Christ! And that's <laughs> another Mark Wahlberg thing, isn't it? Wasn't he producing that or something? Uh, probably. Wahlberg's involved in a lot of HBO shows because Entourage. Yeah. So. Fuck Entourage! God, that show's terrible. Um, <laughs> Christ. Peterberg has directed a couple Entourage episodes. He directed the Battleship movie, which Charles is a fan of. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Wow, <laughs> this dude's a worker. Like, he is a worker. A, that's a lot of stuff. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, he's he's uh, prolific. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, I remember I I liked Fire in the Sky. I watched it. Which one is that? Years ago. Um, it's based upon a uh, true story of people in. I think Western Arizona or Utah, who okay. um, experienced like a series of like uh, UFO events, uh. and these people like believe that they actually interacted with UFOs, and it, it's it's a story about their like family <laughs> members essentially. Okay, um, it, it, so is it a documentary or is it? No, it's a, it's dramatization. Uh, it's a dramatized version of the story, but it is it is based on like a 
a true story of people who believe that they experienced UFO uh, <laughs> stuff. Visits. Yeah, visits. <laughs> wow. Um, and it's this like more. There's. It's interesting also because it's like in this Mormon community in like Western Arizona, I think. Interesting. Um, so there's a lot of like questions of like faith and belief and yeah. Hmm. So I totally missed this movie. I, <laughs> I had no yeah. idea that this existed. Sounds good. Yeah, there's yeah. a good um, This American Life about it as well. Okay. Yeah. Okay, maybe I'll listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, watching this movie, as I, I started thinking about my own relationship with football and the NFL specifically, and <laughs> like, I don't know about you guys, but I grew up watching a lot of football and have, into my adulthood, watched football and have, in recent years, pulled away from the NFL. So, and this movie, I think, elicited a lot of those same thoughts yeah, that I had, for sure. um, that I, I've had recently. Kind of sobering you up to the view of football and your memory of football. Right, exactly. And uh, whether or not you can even still watch it. I, I didn't really grow up with football because my parents <clears throat> didn't watch. <clears throat> and I think like the sports you're interested in are often dictated by your friends or your, or your family. That is true. And uh, yeah, my parents were just not into sports, so... I, I remember watching the football, the Super Bowl as a kid. Sure, but everybody did. That'd be like it. Yeah. Um, so I never really got football, and I still like don't really understand the rules of it. Like I know more now <laughs> as an adult, and yeah. So I like I don't have the connection to it that everybody else seems to. Yeah. Well, and, and so it's just like, oh, football's terrible now. Okay, great. I, that's <laughs> like I could cross that off the list of like. Media that I need to like pay attention to, now. right? Yeah, right. Well, in Maine, you're from Maine, and Maine doesn't have a, an NFL. No, team. they are big Patriots fans. Of Maine. Is it really? It like is, it's, it's, it's New England's New England. team. Okay, I, I think of it as Boston's team. No, it's New. It's New England. I know they're team. called the New England Patriots. But no, no, no. Maine very much identifies as that really? Patriots. Yeah. Okay. I suppose that's easier when they win all the time. I, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, I could be wrong, but my sense is that there's a closer identity to the Red Sox. The it really, more so than the Patriots, but yeah, because that actually is the Boston Red Sox. Like they don't even have the uh, label. Yeah, on it. It just main like identifies with huh. Boston teams. Interesting. Same with the Celtics. Celtics. Yeah. Wow. So. Okay. But yeah, no, I grew up in a football state, football family. Everybody watches football, still does, and it's getting tougher and tougher to justify watching the NFL. Like, yeah, it has had been a rough few years for that league, and. I don't see it getting any they're better. They're not doing anything to fix it. They're, make, they're doing they're things make, to make it worse. They're making it worse, and yeah. It's interesting because this movie highlights the issues <clears throat> with the NFL, you know, and this is 15 years old now. Yeah, I mean, because, yeah, yeah, what is the NFL currently struggling with? Race and injuries. Yeah. And that's exactly what this <laughs> that's movie, all movie's about. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what's going on in this movie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, it was hard for that not to not to be called to mind. And uh, uh, the economics are yeah. here as well, right? Because like, the only nice thing in this town is the football stadium. and the Which is absurdly huge for high school. Yeah. yeah. True to life. And the, yeah. Yeah. the sort of like vampiric nature of, of football is, is true even for you know, major cities. Yeah. So, like I remember yeah. I, after I watched the movie this time around, I googled um, Booby Miles and I found an old highlight tape of his from, on YouTube from 1987, like from some game that he played. And there was a guy, and it's like this grainy tape, you can barely see what's going on. And there was this guy in the comments, and he had, the video was posted in like 2016, and he commented right around then that he was like, 
I remember being at this game and the refs really screwed us and like if they had called this and this or if he, the coach had called this other play, we totally would have won. And this is a game that's 30 years old at this point. And, and this, a high school game. Yeah, and a high school a game. A regular season yeah. high school game. I think it was like an, an important playoff okay. game or something. But okay. whatever, like it's a fucking high school game. And this guy is like, not only does he remember this specific game, because apparently he was there, and, but he remembers the problems that he had with it, and he cares enough to like track it down on YouTube and make a comment about it. So when I see like the culture as portrayed in this movie, like, and then I see shit like that, like it must be it's not only real. true, but true currently, now. That's what's going on. Oh yeah, for sure. Like this dude is still around, like, kvetching about the missed call in 1987. It's like, dude, who cares? And like that was wild. Well, that was really wild. He cares. He cares. Well, long live basketball. And yes, the, I've become much more of a basketball down, fan lately. Football. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Uh, any closing thoughts on this movie? I I think this is a, a very good film. Yeah, I loved all the scenes with uh, Booby Miles because I thought he was an extremely charismatic oh, yeah, we character. Really talk despite about that. being a like cocky asshole, he's like he's got a charisma about him. Yeah, uh, and like I felt really nervous when he like came back to play because like that kind of injury really skews me out. And, yeah, like, it should. It's, it's yeah. a terrible injury. <laughs> and so I was like really scared that whole time. Like I think I was more scared there than I was during any of the horror films we watched <laughs> um, for what could happen to his knee. And I was pretty wrecked in that scene where he gets into the car with his yes. uncle oh, and like breaks down. Yeah, it's, it's devastating. Well, and the way they set it up because it's yeah. him like playing it cool with all his friends, and you can even in that sequence, like when he's talking about, "Oh, oh I'm going to be back, and you're going to run for 100 yards or whatever." Like you can see it like just behind that facade that he's like barely holding it together. Yeah. And like as soon as he gets outside, he just collapses, and like that. That's probably one of the harder scenes to watch in the movie. And just like how yeah. they show, they highlight like how alone he is because they like zoom out really right. far and you just see the the car like really tiny in, in, the, the, in this empty parking crying. lot and there's like because yeah, he can't play football so he doesn't have a community anymore uh, right which is true. devastating yeah and yeah. like could, apparently the guy that wrote the book followed up with booby miles some like 20 30 years later and he is on disability massively overweight has kids that he has no con no contact with like it's been fired from numerous jobs he just like has nothing and it's like really really sad you have to wonder how many stories there are behind every NFL star, you know? Right, right. Or you know, you don't hear about them because they didn't make it. <clears throat> yeah, like I, I looked, I even looked up on YouTube, um, not on YouTube, on Wikipedia, this high school, because for high schools it'll list like what, like major alumni. It's like who actually made it to the NFL. There was like three or four guys, right? Like this yeah. is yep. this is the best, one of the best high school football programs in the country. Period, and they're still like not producing that many players, and none of them were names I recognize. I mean, the best college teams only produce like right, like the the you're rule lucky of, of one. Yeah, the rule of thumb is that one percent of high school athletes make it to college sports. One percent of those guys make it to the pros, yeah. right? Yep. So then you're talking about and make it is like you play like and a you, game, yes, right? You yeah. end up or on you, a, you a get, practice squad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Never mind, like play a year, multiple years, have a career. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because yeah, the average the average NFL career is under three years. Yeah. Right. And 
yeah. yeah. And then you just have, and most of them end in injury. Yeah, there's yeah. a 30 for 30 about that. It's like super messed up. Yeah. It's the most like, one of the most devastating 30 for 30s. I can imagine. Which are all like really good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but in any event, I, I think this is a really good movie too, despite the, the problems I, I was able to poke in it here. It made me yeah. want to watch the show again. So honestly, God, it is a fantastic show. If you like this movie, go watch it. It's like, the show's like a better version of this movie <laughs> for most of the time. Um, so it's a very strong recommend for me. Uh, on the on the TV end, cool, cool. Um, um, but we'll be back. Uh, yeah, we'll yeah. Okay, so we'll be back in a little bit with uh, things we've seen. Thanks for listening. And we're back with things we've seen. Uh, Charles is going to start us off this week. Okay, so this week I pulled a little bit of a crossman and I watched the A Team from 2010. <laughs> right. I actually randomly. haven't seen the A Team. Right, but well, I just mean like you know picking a random I, I old movie. You know? random yeah. Um, <laughs> so. The story behind this is that one of my friends um, posted a cracked article about how CGI looks really unnatural now, even though technology is better than ever. Um, this is something we've talked was, about extensively. Yes. Right. And it it was remains talking, true. It, it had a bunch of interesting points about that, and it was talking about... It was related because, you know, the new Jurassic World movie is out, and it has some of these problems. But anyway, in that article, one of the examples is a GIF from the A-Team, and I thought it looked hilariously awesome. It's like this tank that's, like, flying through the air. Um, but it like shoots the gun and the recoil causes the tank to fly closer to the camera and it lets you see this like how's my driving sticker on the tank and I just thought that was <laughs> such dumb. I just thought that was such a hilariously <laughs> awesome scene that I was like, all right, I gotta see this movie. So I went yeah. home and I put on the movie. In, in Newtonian physics would prevent yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I was right? thinking. That doesn't yeah. even make sense. Like equal opposite reaction. I, yeah, right? I don't. I don't yeah. think the so. gun is powerful enough for that to happen. But that doesn't matter because if it's, they got it's hit a by a projectile, movie. that might happen. Right, because there's nothing. But, okay. Look, it yeah. would work if you were like in space, but probably not enough force if you're falling through the air. Wait, maybe maybe it would. There is recoil to the gun, but it's probably not strong enough to actually propel a tank. That terminal velocity. In a meaningful way. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. I went and watched uh, this movie because I was hoping that it would have... That's a I want to like follow up on. The, yeah. the I was hoping that it would have more scenes like this. Um, but uh, I guess I wasn't too surprised. It just wasn't a very good movie. It didn't review very well yeah. back then. Isn't it was pretty Bradley bad. Bradley Cooper in it? Yeah, Bradley Cooper and Liam Neeson are both in it. And who plays uh, Charlotte that? Copley. Um, and it's like a UFC fighter that plays B.A. I Maybe. I, I didn't recognize him. Yeah. Was Mr. T in it? No. This feels um, like a perfect cameo opportunity. But yeah, like, yeah. the rest of it was very generic. It had, like, just barely enough plot to give them an excuse to do some action. Um, Which most is true of the show. Yes. I think. The show <laughs> I never watched notably the show, to be honest. Terrible. Uh, all I knew yeah. about the show was the theme song. The show was just successful because it was on at a time when there were, like, five television watch, shows. Yeah. So, like, you just, like, turn on the TV and watch, and, like, that's how you became a fan Right, or so... Like, because yeah. it was the only thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, this movie doesn't succeed in any of the ways that a cheesy, mindless action movie can succeed, really. It's not so an Expendables. Like, right. Yeah. Um, or like a Fast and Furious film. Right. So you don't, like, like none of the characters are that compelling. Um, outside of the one scene from that GIF, the action scenes aren't that interesting. Um, so none of it really comes together. Um, but that one scene was pretty awesome. I'll give it that. So if if you want, you just YouTube that one scene because uh, I thought that was super fun. But none of the rest of the movie lives up to the imaginativeness of that scene. But I thought that was really cool. They like escape jail, 
in like a big carrier aircraft, but then the aircraft gets shot down by drones, so they get in the tank before it gets shot down and strap parachutes to it. So they're falling through the air in this tank. They strap parachutes to the tank? Yeah. Okay. So they're falling through the air in this tank with the parachutes, but the, drones, parachutes. But the drones start shooting out the parachutes, right? And so Bradley Cooper gets out on the gun on the tank and shoots down one of the drones with the machine gun. It'd be impossible. Right. Yes. It would be, but it was awesome. Uh, and then, like, they're, they're free-falling and they use the gun to to like steer the tank nope. across the air because <laughs> no. they shoot it sideways Bad. and they happen to blow up the drone with the gun uh, while they're doing that. And then they just shoot the gun downward a bunch of times to slow their <laughs> fall None and of that. they fall that, into a lake. That definitely wouldn't work. But I think <laughs> horizontal movement might actually be possible because if you imagine like, if you put a cannon on like ice and you fire the cannon, the cannon is going to like shoot backwards. backwards right? Yes. So... If you're following this like frictionless environment in the air, yeah. right, you possibly could move the tank with enough force. The again. tank would, yeah, like have would be slowed down. Yeah, it's just that a real gun wouldn't have enough force to do that meaningfully. Yeah, but I don't give a shit. It was awesome. <laughs> well, no, it wouldn't. <laughs> of course, it, <laughs> it wouldn't yeah. allow you to overcome gravity, but you would be able to move like horizontally <clears throat> yeah. in the air. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that scene was awesome. It's just none of the other scenes were really that playful, which is disappointing. Like, I wish they kept the sort of tone of ridiculousness or playfulness yeah. with the rest of the movie. They That's what really makes a movie that. like Geostorm work, where it's like, yeah. oh, like we're just going to keep doing ridiculous things. It's not going to be like yeah, one exactly. moment. So, like, I watch this kind yeah. of thing because I like to see yeah. something ridiculous, something that I haven't yeah. seen before, and that's something that fit the bill. Um, but the other action scenes did not. They were just kind of relatively generic shootouts and that kind of thing. And like the whole premise is that they do these like well well orchestrated plans and they do do that, but not in any way that's that interesting. Because okay. they're like mercenaries, right? That's the premise there. The yeah. yeah, except in this one they are working fortune. for the army. It's like their origin story. Because at the end then they leave the army and they work as like soldiers of fortune. That's bullshit. Like people watch the A-Team for like the soldier of fortune thing. No one cares about the origin story. Just like have them be mercenaries. That's the fucking well, thing. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to watch this movie. It sounds terrible. Yeah, don't. Okay. Just YouTube the one scene if you're curious. Otherwise, I don't recommend oh, I saw, the movie. I saw the, the GIF and I'm good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what did you see, Crossman? Uh, what so dumb action movie did you trot out? Uh, yeah, I watched Jurassic World. <laughs> okay. Which apparently this article is related to. I, I missed this article. Yeah, uh, someone I, was um, talking about how the article talked about how CGI, like, is done poorly in a way that makes things look really fake in the Jurassic World. I, it, the article is a little older, so it talked about the first Jurassic World. Okay. It talked about, uh, I think the pertinent point was how the camera angles yeah, that was the are most really unrealistic. Point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're not, you know, they're not shot in a way that any realistic object could actually, like, be shooting from. Yeah, I, I remember when I was studying animation in college, one of the big no-nos was, like, you, you need to make your camera move uh, realistically, and if you don't do that, that like that's bad because it's distracting and it takes you out of out of the film. Yeah, um, and another important point that the article had that pertained to Jurassic World was that the CGI moments didn't feel impactful or important because, like in the first Jurassic Park, it leads up to when the Tyrannosaurus shows up and eats the jeeps, and there's this yeah, kind there's of yeah, there's a sense of wonder yeah. with that's such the a dinosaur, scene. right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. in Jurassic World, like, you have these things that should be eliciting that feeling, but they don't because they're not treated with the same weight or importance because there's just fucking CGI everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So was the, uh, was, was what, Fallen Kingdom? Is Fallen Kingdom any Fa better? 
Yeah. So I. Um, <laughs> so the, it's this one um, is very similar to the first Jurassic World movie, uh, which I actually didn't hate. Um, I, I know people don't really aren't really a fan of that movie, but I, I thought that movie was fine. Mm -hmm. Like. It was like a fine action film. I think there were problems. It's not the original Jurassic Park, which is a, a great film, right. like one no, of my favorites. It's, yeah, it's no uh, Geostorm. It's, <laughs> uh, I mean, there are elements of Geostorm where it's like, oh, they're just a bunch of like action set pieces are supposed to like carry yeah. carry the film. Um, so I found the first film entertaining. I don't I don't think it's like a great film, but I thought it was good. Mm -hmm. um, and this movie is not well rated which actually surprised me because I, I don't think there's a dip in quality from this movie <laughs> to the previous Jurassic World. So I think people were just kind of like high on the last movie because Jurassic Park 3 was a garbage movie, like really an awful, awful movie. Um, so people were just so shocked that it was like not terrible <laughs> and so they rated it well. Um, yeah. I, I think this movie is interesting. Of all the Jurassic Park films, I think it's the most like animal rights oriented oh, film. Interesting. There's okay. like a very strong like animal rights theme to this movie. Mm -hmm. That the what the humans are doing to the dinosaurs is not right, um, and we shouldn't treat animals this way, particularly wild animals that are dangerous. Huh. Um, and it's a lot about like saving the animals and the di uh, dinosaurs in this movie, and uh, you know protecting them and, and preserving them as a as like a species that's going extinct. It's very much like an environmentalist film that like prior Jurassic Park films don't really dwell on. Hmm. It's like referred to in prior Jurassic Park films, but this movie is like this is an animal rights film. <laughs> uh, which is funny, um, yeah. Because previously, the like the especially in the first one, the interaction with nature was about how like you cannot overcome nature. Like the nature yes. will fight back and win, and that fighting against it is, is folly. Yes, um, which is distinct, like so maybe subtly, but still distinct from saying we should protect nature. Yeah, and they have like um, so. I don't think it really matters. So I'll spoil this. Film. No, yeah, like, go sure. ahead. No, they, they get the dinosaur. Like, uh, so the main thrust of the film is there's a, a, a volcano on the island that becomes active, and the Jurassic World has been abandoned because of the events of the first movie. So there's a group that like wants to go and like save save the dinosaurs and like bring them to another location. Okay. It turns out there are people in that group that like don't have good intentions. And what? Um, are, stunning. are actually looking to um, sell the dinosaurs either to the military or to uh, like trophy hunters. To the military? Wait, so they're gonna arm dinosaurs? Well, the, send that was out. a plot. That was a plot point in the prior Jurassic World. Film. Oh, that's really dumb. Yeah, they talk yeah. about training raptors for the military that's, in the first one. That's very stupid. Yeah, okay. yeah. So they they continue with that plot, but then also they bring in the notion that like trophy hunters would be interested in, in hunting the dinosaurs, and um, so, yeah, it was weird. It was surprisingly co complex. Okay. Um, the, the the it's a very like liberal movie. Um, mm -hmm. There's a character who looks like Trump who 
Oh, like gets up, eaten by a dinosaur. Yeah, he like <laughs> ends up getting owned, and like <laughs> the uh, the point at which he like you know gets his comeuppance. Yeah, he like gets like roared at by a dinosaur, and his hair like goes okay. up like Trump, and <laughs> yeah. he, he has like orange kind of stringy okay. hair like Trump, yeah. which is like oh yeah, I get it. Like this is meant to be like a very like lib movie, but right. even as someone who hates Trump is just like, come on, like... It's like a resistance hole post. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> watch That'll watch show Trump get wrecked by this Tyrannosaurus. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really what it felt like. And there's a lot of material to chew on because the Trump children are sort of like known trophy hunters. So yes. there's a lot to do with that and they don't touch on it, unfortunately. Um, there's also the like evil military people that are going to buy the dinosaurs. Like they're, they make a... It's in the background, but they're like, and the... This dinosaur is bought by this Russian guy, <laughs> and there's like evil, so there's like even evil Russians in this movie, which is like again like a very like lib take at the moment. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I didn't I didn't hate this movie. I found it fine. I think it's a fine like summer movie. Um, it did very well at the box office, so we'll probably see another Jurassic World oh. film. There was an after credit scene. Don't stay for it. It's stupid <laughs> and doesn't add to the plot or do anything <laughs> yeah so yeah. don't don't stay for it well and it, it uh, feels like they've been kind of strategically placing these movies around marvel movies right because we have ant-man and wasp coming out ne- next week and like they very pointedly did not release this movie I mean, there's what, only so what much else can you do chris yeah. pratt that we can take yeah. and right? yes yeah so. that that is also the I case mean, those movies are juggernauts you have to kind of tiptoe right. around them right solo didn't and they got steamrolled well this, but it doesn't matter because it's all disney <laughs> This movie's yeah, that's true. enormous, though. It uh, was 150 million in its first weekend. Yeah, I bet it's going to fall off a lot in its second weekend, but it had a giant box office. People so like dinosaurs. We'll still. see another one. They're cool. Um, I'm much more excited for the Meg, which is coming out later <laughs> this summer, which is about a <laughs> you're the only one <laughs> a prehistoric shark, and I'm like pretty down for that. Like the one part of Jurassic World that I really liked was the the ocean, the mosasaur, which is in this like Sea World park container and they bring that back <laughs> briefly in the new one but not enough I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like I'm, like your, your I'm really movie. down for like Mosasaur action and they like they don't do enough with it okay so it did show up in the trailer yeah and I was like that. so psyched yeah. for that and the, really what you see in the trailer is like that's, that's all the you, whole thing yeah bummer. and it was just a, a montage of dinosaurs going wild okay well, yeah now, now you get a whole movie of it because the Meg is just like uh, Jaws only with a bigger shark? Yeah. Okay. We're going to need a bigger shark. Yeah. We're going to need I'm, a bigger shark. I I'm, hope that's the tagline. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty down for the Meg. It comes out in August. And I'm you are literally the only person I've heard talking about it, and you have I've heard you talk about it more than once. So <laughs> <laughs> there, there well, I've read that. the book. So. Oh, God, that's yeah. right. Of course there's a book. Yeah. Um, anyway, we're doing a, a doubleheader on our recording this yes. week. Um, so I'm going to save what I have seen for our next episode, which you will hear next week, and my two co-hosts will hear in an hour when we're done recording <laughs> the next episode. Um, but in any event, what are we watching next time? Uh, so you you both had the opportunity to see uh, Princess Mononoke live. I yes. unfortunately was not able to, um, so we're going to talk about that in our, our next episode. Yeah, so this one I wanted to pick a while back, but discovered that no Studio Ghibli films are streaming anywhere, Yes. so I skipped it. Um, between then and now, I bought it on Blu-ray, and we had a, an opportunity to watch it in the theater, so I decided to just say, fuck it, and watch it anyway for the show. I think this is a, more po- a popular enough movie that people will have seen it anyway without having to track it down 
in order to appreciate the episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Blu-rays are pretty cheap these days, so like, go check it out if you haven't seen Prisons, Mononoke. It's a really good movie. You unfortunately have to have a Blu-ray player. Which is most... Okay, well, A, most of them sell Blu-rays and DVDs like in a bundle, and so you just get Which both means of them. you need a DVD player. So you need one of those things. Yeah. Most gaming consoles can play Blu-rays, yeah. and like any computer can play a DVD. So you'll probably... No, not true. No? Apple computers have not had a well, like, CD slot for a couple of years now. Okay, like real computers can play yeah. <laughs> DVDs. Um, but in any event, this movie's worth tracking down. It's really good. Yes. Um, and so check it out if you haven't yet. And thank you for listening. Um, please share the show um, if, you, if you get the opportunity and comment and like and all of that good stuff. And join us next week for Princess Mononoke.